Hi, welcome to the Kennedy Report. I'm Kennedy Hall. We're up here in St. Cesar, Quebec with our esteemed father, David Sherry. And with Halloween approaching, which is a controversial topic for some, confusing for others, it's something that really grabs people's attention and is a question for a lot of our viewers at the Fatima Center, we thought we'd tackle this issue. Can Catholics celebrate Halloween? What are the origins of Halloween? Is it really a sort of saintly holiday that's been perverted by the culture? Can we go trick-or-treat? I mean, there's so many things we're asking. Father Sherry is an expert in this, as he is in many things, and he's going to explain to us the origins of the Halloween festivals that we understand them today. Kennedy, thank you very much for having me on the Kennedy Report. It's a great honor for me. Uh, Halloween, where does that come from? Well, first of all, the word Halloween comes from All Hallows Eve, which means the Eve of All Saints. Because hallow means saints. So therefore, you think about Halloween, 31st of October, that is the Eve of All Saints Day. So you can see straight away there's a link with the Catholic Feast of All Saints. And that's a very interesting link, actually, Kennedy, because way back in the 7th century, the Pope Boniface IV, if I'm not getting my numbers wrong, instituted the Feast of All Saints and transferred it from its original date, which was interestingly May the 13th, yes. to November the 1st. Why did he do that? Well, the answer is that on that date, there was a pagan festival, which actually came from the Celtic pagans in Ireland, called Samhain. And this pagan festival was one which, like many festivals around the world at this time, celebrated the harvest and also had a certain... Uh, feel for darkness in it. Preternatural sort of Preternatural type thing, yes. And the church being a very very clever institution, if you like, knows that there is some good in paganism, which simply needs to be purified of its pagan elements in order to become Catholic. And that's why, for example, the feasts of wintertime were purified by becoming the Feast of Christmas. And the Feast of Samhain became the Feast of All Saints. And so it's a pagan festival that became Catholic. Well, and we've seen this in our church. I mean, you know, the, the pagan cultures of antiquity, especially the Greeks and the Romans, where they had a, a pretty high intellectual uh, capabilities. I mean, this is why it's Thomas Aquinas reads Aristotle. I mean, sometimes Catholics will get uh, almost puritanical. Um, you know, anything that's not from the Bible or anything that's not a specifically... You know, you know, black and white, dry, truthful, historical thing. You need to stay away. The imagination is wrong. And actually, you were over last summer, and we were having lunch with my family, and we were going through our book collection, and we had Father Sherry actually um, vet our book collection to make sure we weren't having any bad ones for our kids. But um, we talked about how, you know, fantasy, you know, uh, fairy tales, all these things can be wonderful. The whimsical imagination can be great for kids because it's a good thing to capture the imagination of young people, but it just has to be in a moral direction consistent with the mind of the church. So the church has always recognized these things in non-Christian cultures. Once again, with Aristotle is, is an example of that. So this is just another example, it sounds like. That's right, yes. So you mentioned the puritanical element. So what the Protestants do. So a Protestant is someone who decides that he interprets Scripture for himself. And so he divorces himself from the wisdom of centuries and centuries of the church. And so he sort of has to make it up. Whereas if you look back at the practice of the church, St. Basil the Great, for example, 
he wrote a book about how do you read the Greek classics. And he had a very simple principle. He said, make sure that they don't become the anchor of your mind, but take from them what is good. And that's always been the mind of the church. The mark of the uh, sort of the revolutionary and the zealot is to reject everything and say, well, look at uh, that person. Uh, he was an adulterer, so everything he did was bad. No, actually, he might have been an adulterer. That was bad, but he may have been an excellent musician. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the the wisdom of of the church because well, it's reality. That's often the case with musicians, famous musicians. True, true. Yeah. No, that's very interesting because you know when you go online and you read, if you do read, you know the comments on Catholic things about Christmas or uh, Santa Claus or that's a whole other thing or, or or Halloween. There'll always be people in the comments who are Protestant, Puritanical leaning people. Who will say, "Oh, this is pagan." You, I've even seen the word Samhain before. There's no such thing as All Saints. That's just a Druid thing, or whatever they call it. And you know, you worship devils and that sort of thing. But they're just missing the point. They are missing the point. I remember G.K. Chesterton's essay on the Salvation Army, and he says, "Well, the Salvation Army, they dress up in uniforms. They have a military type uh, parade, and uh, peep serious people say, well, you know, these are really." good people because of the good work that they do. But all that dressing up, that's really silly. And Chesterton says, no, it's the other way around. It's the dressing up that's really good, and it's the <laughs> theology that's really silly. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's the thing, is that a thing to do about Halloween is, this is my opinion, is that Halloween as it is today is a Catholic festival, a Christian festival, which they're trying to re-paganize. And so, a parent with children has to look at this festival and say, do I want my children to take part in a pagan festival? Because that's what it is. And should I deprive them of the fun that's actually associated with dressing up, right. going trick-or-treating, etc.? So here's what I recommend. I recommend that you turn Halloween into a chance for your children to become apostles. So, for example, let's say you have a group of children. Let's say they're uh, you know, of a certain age or perhaps they're with an older sibling. Tell them that they should dress up as saints. Because you don't want to say to them, okay, on Halloween, everybody's going to have fun except you. You're going to sit back and you're going to do your math homework. <laughs> no, tell them, dress up as saints and then go from house to house. Not trick-or-treating because that's, that's wrong. You go to a house and say, if you don't give me a treat, I'm going to do something nasty to that's you. What, that's what that's not Catholic. Okay. That's not Catholic. Okay. So you go to the house, you knock on the door and say, did you know that Halloween actually means All Hallows' Eve... And that is the eve of all saints. And I'm dressed up as St. Lucy. That's why I've got my eyes in a plate here. Or I'm dressed up as St. Uh, Justus. And that's why I've got my head in my hands here. Or I'm dressed up as St. Michael. That's why I'm a military angel. Or whatever it might be. Of course, lazy boys always just find a cassock and dress up as some priest. <laughs> but, uh, and then they can both have fun, get candy, although they shouldn't eat all of it on the same night, and also, they can do good by reminding people that actually our world was completely Christian. Mm. It was a world which had left paganism behind, had become completely Christian, which is the truth. And now the forces of Antichrist are trying to re-paganize it, and we're not going along with that. That's all very good. And I think one thing that irks people about Halloween as well, we have a very incarnational, I mean, it is the incarnation that brings us Christ into this earth. I mean, we have an incarnational faith. We prayed the Angelus earlier today, and we kneel at the, the words of the incarnation. But that includes 
all aspects of what happens to our body. So that includes our death. That includes the nitty-gritty, the macabre, right? Which, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think the etymology in that word actually comes from Maccabees, because it's actually a very gruesome story. So sometimes, often Protestants and some Catholics who, with all fairness to everybody, we are looking for guidance in this very paganized culture. So sometimes we'll latch on to something from a Protestant preacher or, or something and take, take it as gospel. I knew a Catholic family who, for years, you know, they heard, they read some book by some you know, well-to-do Billy Graham type or something that said, you know, never trick-or-treat, it's pagan, whatever. And they spent the next 20 years uh, every Halloween in their basement watching movies and eating pizza and, like, turn off the lights and don't participate, which isn't really the appropriate response because then you're just giving the holiday over to the forces of evil and you're giving in to a false theology. But one of the things that irks people, though, is there's an emphasis on death. But if we go to Rome, for example, and other places... Just think about the incorruptible bodies. I mean, we literally have we have dead saints who are alive in heaven, but their bodies are incorrupt. And we've, we venerate them. I mean, we, we make pilgrimages to these places and actually look at a dead person. To the average person in the world, that seems crazy. But the world's crazy. It's not us. Furthermore, there's even uh, chapels I've heard of in Rome where, and maybe you've been to them, where... The Museum of the uh, Souls in Purgatory. Souls in Purgatory, yes, the Souls in yes. Purgatory. Um, and there's even um, where everything is made, I believe there's a Fr- Franciscan chapel where everything is made of bones in it. I was there, yes. So, you know, and those are relics. I mean, we have a, um, venerated a relic of St. Andre Bessette, and it was actually a piece of his heart that was incorruptible. Um, we have a lot of the macabre in our Catholic faith. So we shouldn't be afraid of those aspects. What we should do is, there's a difference between, you know, the souls in purgatory, museum, understanding death is real, and, you know, maybe skeletons and things, memento mori, remind us of our death. But there's a difference between that and horror movies. There's a difference between that and, you know, sort of turning it into an evil ritualistic sacrifice thing, right? Yes, I agree with you that the difference between Halloween and the the sort of good turning of the mind towards death at certain times of the year... The church approves of this because we have the Feast of All Saints, those in heaven, Feast of All Souls the following day, the souls in purgatory. Halloween, however, is sort of a glorification of evil. Now, this is not to say that that's what's in the mind of children. The children are doing it with an innocent mind. And that's clear that that doesn't excuse us, the parents, from saying, okay, you can go and dress up as a witch. Because a witch is someone who is in some sort of pact with the devil. Or you can uh, just dress up in horribly ugly things, which are perhaps demonic, etc. No, that's not what the church, that's not, what, that's not the mind of the church. Rather, we should definitely fire the imagination of children. And it's a bad idea for us to simply say to children, because the devil puts into their mind this idea that, okay, you can either be a Catholic or you can have fun. <laughs> And the way to deal with that is to say to children, that's a lie. The only way to have fun is to be a Catholic and to live in the state of grace. Because if you are not living in the state of grace, then all the fun you might have is worth nothing. But actually, the only thing that's off limits for a Catholic is sin. I remember there's a famous painting, I can't remember who it's by, where... Uh, there's like a skeleton who's playing the violin and there's tons of people dancing off of a cliff and then there's a couple people who are just climbing up the rocks, up the mountains. They look like they're having fun, but fun isn't so fun when it leads you to the fires of hell. So that's some good advice. 
I think that about covers it. Um, actually, one more thing I wanted to say was, you know, this year might be strange with the lockdowns and stuff. I mean, can you go for Halloween? Can you not go for Halloween? I don't know. I mean, even if you can, do you have a neighborhood that you'd like to do it in? These are things parents have to decide. We should use these opportunities to recapture the truly Catholic spirit of these holidays. Have bonfires. That was a thing of the past. We had bonfires. You know, responsibly share some drinks with your neighbors. And in fact, you can evangelize in these ways because you can have sort of a little festival of your own, if the gathering limits permit it. But, you know, you can have a bonfire, you can have the candy apples, and you can do all those sorts of things. And you can invite people over, for example, to an All Hallows' Eve party. And it can be macabre. You could have your skeletons and things understood properly. And people will say, oh, you're having fun. You do understand Halloween and enjoy it, uh, but there's no gore, and somehow this is Catholic. Maybe tell me more. I think that's the thing to do, is to use it for your children to understand what actually is going on, so they don't just follow the culture blindly. Mm -hmm. We have to teach our children to actually think for themselves. Mm -hmm. It's not because everybody's watching Katy Perry movies <laughs> that I should just do that. I need to actually think for myself and say, no, this is bad, I'm not going to do that. But that doesn't mean to say I'm not going to have fun, because that's actually not fun. True fun is uh, the, the fun which we have when we know that actually God is right in my heart, and it's absolutely fine for me to go and enjoy myself with my friends in, in the way that you suggested. Yeah. I think that's great, and uh, I think that's a good place to end. So thank you, Father, for your wisdom on this. Everyone, have a happy Hallow's Eve. <laughs> Uh, if you can, wherever you're living, and, and try to inspire a little bit more of that Christian spirit in the world. So this has been the Kennedy Report. I'm Kennedy Hall, and until next time, God bless.